So what's up, man? Would you mind introducing yourself for everybody? Hey, what's happening, man? My name is uh, Jeremy Carey. A lot of people know me as Jay, Jay Promo, Benji Promo, a bunch of different, you know, one of them type of jump. But, you know, most people, like I said, call me Jay. Nice. All right. All right. So what's up, man? I hear you just, you moving into a homestead, man. I want to get straight into that. Why did you decide to start homesteading? <laughs> to be honest with you, bro, I didn't decide, man. The creator told me, man, he, he bestowed it on me and my old lady, man. It, it was a blessing, man. It's a very humble, um, very humble blessing. You know what I mean? Just understanding, you know, that we really are in the process of taking full security of our survival. You know what I'm saying? So it's not just about a lot of people that they kind of get into homesteading or that kind of thing. You know, they, they're trying to hide and run and get up off the grid and mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? But for us, man, it, it, it's more of a the opportunity to be able to get out of you know the metropolitan area and you know really have a lot of land or you know more land to grow on to be able to provide more food for our people you know what I mean? right right so how long have you been with the homesteading act this is actually going to be my first season man diving into uh, full homesteading you know what i mean i've been uh growing for seven years in total, but uh, farming for six of those. So this is the new uh, venture. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You say that it's like kind of kind of going from the minor leagues to the major leagues. So. Okay. <laughs> I know that's right. So what made you, I mean, I know you said you felt like, like the creator put it on you, but I, I'm sure like, why? You know, just why? Why did you listen to it when he put it on you? Man, for me, bro, like, I'm a, a, a very faith-based individual, you okay. know what I'm saying? A very uh, spiritually grounded individual, man. So oftentimes when, you know, I hear that voice in my mind or I get that nudge from the ancestors or, you know, the elders and things like that, man, I, I always make sure that, you know, I, because I'm led by them, you know what I mean? I, right. I, I, take, I take that good direction, you feel me? Yeah, you have to. You have to instead of fighting it, man, because they're usually pushing you in the right way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So what was the first thing you did whenever you decided that you guys were going to go full time with this? I mean, what was the first thing you did to kind of start the homesteading process? To be honest with you, man, we had to break ground. Like the land that we're actually on is uh, land that, that my old lady, her, her family has owned since post-slavery. So, you know, this is a couple of generations in the work and the majority of the land is wooded. So we, we're on 15 acres, but we have three up in the front that are definitely farmable and things of that nature. Our garden is actually uh, about a half an acre now that, you know, obviously, you know, with the blessings of creating and just, you know, things like that, you know, scaling and growing is definitely in our future, you know what I mean? But we're definitely starting off on about a half an acre now, you know, just kind of working the land. Um, we, when we initially uh, broke ground, we noticed that it was a very heavy clay-based soil. So the answer was to that because my, my style of farming is definitely no-till, you know what I mean? Oh, I right. um, When I initially got into things, you know what I mean? I um, definitely did have, you know, tilling in my process and things of that nature. But, but just over the seasons, I've learned that beefing up that soil, that soil health and you know, just kind of understanding more about the food soil web, you know right. what I mean? Like, you know, have me kind of just doing different type of research, things of that nature. So, you know, I've kind of transitioned uh, over into no-till probably about two about two years ago now. So we uh, started off with just kind of like a lasagna style. We got the uh, side stripped up. So we did a side strip about two, about two, two and three inches. 
Um, so we were actually able to get up, you know, on the side in the plot and then just kind of came behind that and just put cardboard behind it. And then, you know, wet the cardboard down and things of that nature and then um, came in behind it and had um, about 60, 60 cubic yards of mushroom compost to put on top of that. So, you know, like, again, like I said, just kind of building up that lasagna style, you know, yeah. bed with just focused heavy on soil biology. Okay, where's your homestead located? In a town called Hume, Virginia. For those that are local to D.C. or the metropolitan area, we're about about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes away from D.C., down into Virginia, uh, uh, up and towards the mountains. So there's an area of like down here called uh, Skyline, Skyline Drive or like Luray Cavern. It's a natural uh, cavern that, that's in the mountains and stuff. So a lot of people come out, out to here. It's a real, real scenic, real, real scenic drive, but still not being too far away from Washington where it's not enough to invite people down and tell them to come out and things of that nature to check the farm out, check the, farm, the homestead out. Yeah, man. So have you always been into gardening, like going back, or is this something? Oh, man, absolutely not at all, man. No, I am okay. a, definitely a, a city or a metropolitan area kid. You know, I was born in um, Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is, again, um, another suburb. Well, it's become a suburb of Washington, D.C., but I was born in Fredericksburg, Virginia. It's kind of like, say, it's the country, but right. as that urban sprawl has grown and things of that nature, like, people consider it like a real suburb of D.C., but it's about an hour, it's a change away from D.C., but I had the opportunity to actually move up into Washington, D.C. when I was five years old. So, and this was in 1985. So, for those that are familiar, D.C. in the 80s, man, like especially around that time, was Chocolate City, Tony Lewis Jr., Rafa Edmonds, guys of that nature. A lot of street stuff was going on. So, yeah. you know, for me to just be a kid from down in the country, never really had any roots with any kind of growing or any kind of stuff like that. It was an instant culture shock for me. So I just kind of adapted and just grew up that way. You feel me? So, like, for me, I, I never had any type of experience growing vegetables or any of that stuff. We get to the point where we're here now, where I, and it's funny because oftentimes, man, I have to look at myself like, damn, nigga, you like, you really are a farmer. Like, bro, that's what you do, type. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Nah, I definitely understand, man. So what clicked what was the shift that made you say man i need to start growing food i need to learn about growing food i was blessed enough to have the uh the opportunity to move down to uh, richmond virginia my old partner she was from down there and you know i never really had an opportunity to experience richmond or anything like that and you know like i said that that was like my real first like adult experience of being in the South. So with that, there's a lot of things that didn't wasn't all the way familiar with as far as dealing with and things of that nature and mm -hmm. stuff like that. The James River was five minutes from my house. I could walk to the James River. A lot of people may not realize, but like Richmond was one of the main slavery hubs for the East Coast and for America in general. The James River is actually where they said Willie Lynch gave his speech that some people say is real fact that some people say that it doesn't or say that it isn't. But by that actually being able to be in my neighborhood and then with the opportunity of my man, my young homie, Ricky Parker, who is a professor at Virginia Union down there, he was like, yo, you know, you're gardening, you're farming. Like, have you ever seen this, this documentary called Living in the Food Desert? And I said, hell no, nah. I ain't never seen it, never, not even familiar with what it is. And to be honest with you, man, like watching that, like that shit changed my mind, bro. Like it completely just blew my mind. Like I had no idea what the food desert was, right. you know what I mean? And at the time, you know, I, I would ask my ass, like, yo, like, 
why does it take 25 minutes? Or why does it take a half an hour to get to the grocery store? And it, it could be like, you know, I could never get any answers and stuff. So seeing that documentary really kind of, you know, just got the ball rolling as far as like understanding exactly what food deserts were and, and things of that nature. After watching the documentary, I actually had the opportunity to, to discover that we like lived in the, one of, if not the biggest food desert in the country. So we had an older brother and sister that lived next door. Shout out to Mr. Green. Like, I would always see Mr. Green walking up the street to the corner store and shit. Like, you know, I, I'm going up the street to go get my, you know, go get rolled up or, you know, whatever. Right. Mr. Green is walking with like a whole bunch of bags. This is the brother that's like a, in his 80s type. So, you know, if I drive past him, whatever, you know, I pick him up and tell him, come on, you know, we get you back to the house and stuff like that. But really seeing him do that and take that trip every day because his old lady was kind of like sick. So he walking up the street to the corner store you know, go survive off of. And so, like, I'm like, God damn. Like, it just all kind of, like, it was a multi-headed, it was a multi-headed thing that kind of really got me into this, you know what I'm saying? But actually being kind of, like, in the mud, how how, how they say. Like, I was really in the thick of one of the most concentrated food deserts in the country, man. So just learning about this stuff and stuff like that. And with a lot of people that I realized that have gotten into farming or gardening or things of that nature, a lot of people get introduced to this life this thing from Curtis Stone, excuse me, he's a YouTuber. He's a guy out of Canada. He's a really big player when it comes to, um, you know, introducing like urban farming and things like that to people. So, you know, I had the opportunity to just watch this nauseam, bro. Like I'm watching this from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep, like just picking up gems, picking up tools, like really learning how to do this. Yeah, man, I know Curtis Stone. I mean, I don't know him personally, but I know of him. I bought his book and everything. I watched the videos too. Hey, man, well, the the multi level marketing work man huh yeah it definitely works man i got the book no i, I watched the videos the videos led to the book the book led to the course yeah, you know yeah. what i mean like i was here for it yeah no nah, 100 percent, man but at, but at the same time like you know like we were discussing before we got on gotta respect the ogs you know what i mean like definitely. you definitely always want to pay homage to those that kind of gave you your end or gave you your insight on things and stuff like that, man. But, man, I'm manifesting it, man. I need to, I need to holler at my man Tim, man. <laughs> Just grow it and all that other stuff, you know what I'm saying? Get my man Tim, my man Tim's course, you know what I mean? Yeah, may, maybe one day, man. Maybe one day. I, I, have, I think uh-huh. I have a hard time trying to sell a course because I feel like like this information when it comes to gardening, it should just be free, right? Like, I feel like this is something that should make people better. It makes you healthier. It makes people happier. It can help people who live in food deserts. And, and I don't quite understand why you have to charge for that. And, you know, not to, not to get off topic or whatever, but a lot of people don't understand that this is faith-based work that we do. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't understand that, you know, like, whoever and however whatever you call it you know what i'm saying whoever the creator is to you man they look out for stewards man mm-hmm. like we're stewards of the earth at the end of the day you know what i mean like you know we those of us that have the opportunity that are blessed enough to grow the vegetables and then obviously shepherd as well who grow animals or you know raise animals and stuff like that like i mean at the end of the day a lot of this stuff is it's a real favor-based industry you know what i mean and it's really all you know based upon like just favor and blessings man from the creator man and you know the nature and things like that so a lot of people may miss out or a lot of people may kind of get into it for you know a lot of the the things that are romanticized about it 
self-sustainability and things of that nature, oftentimes I hear about people who quit their jobs and just kind of went full in and just went into it with the lifestyle or the romanticized about the lifestyle of living this shit. But like at the end of the day, man, they don't realize like the type of work that you have to do. And like, it's a complete and total lifestyle change. Oftentimes, like, you know, those of us, we grew up in the neighborhood and stuff like that. So like, at the end of the day, like things that are held in value are like things of, you know, material gains or, you know, that type of thing, kicks or shoes or clothes or cars, different things like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, like all of that stuff is cool. And I like nice things. Like I can't lie to you. I definitely like nice things. But at the same time, man, like it's all about like giving back, like and giving back to the to the earth and giving back to Mother Nature and really seeing what type of time it is and what type of time we're on right now and really just, you know, building and enriching the, enriching the, the soil, man. And, yeah. you know, leaving that for the next, for the next generations. You know what I mean? Like I'm a, I'm a father too, man. So, you know, it's important for me to, to really do my part and play my part, man. And, you know, raise my, my youngest up, man, and give them the opportunity and the ability to see, man, we can be ourselves and represent who we are as a people, man, but really get back to the true essence of what and who we are, man. We people of the land. Like I said, for me, and like I said, my old lady with her daughter, man, like it's something that in the three of ours collectively, man, that we really do try to instill in them. Like, you know, we can be ourselves and represent who we are and listen to the type of music we listen to and act the way we act and certain things like that and not have to curtail that or change that to think that like, you know, we have to be a certain type of way or that type of thing to be able to actually do this and be people that are earth workers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Facts, man. Facts. All right. So after you, you kind of, you kind (laughs) of binge watch Curtis Stone and get the book in the course. How do you get to your first garden? Where is your first garden? Well, I had the opportunity to, like I said, I did a a full conversion of my, uh, my old partner of her backyard. So it was a 40 by 40 foot space. So, you know, I did the kind of, you know, like I said, the teal aspect of things. So had a BCS and, you know, rented a BCS and got that back there and got mushroom compost, got that in the ground, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, had to, had the opportunity to have a, you know, a decent size, a decent size urban farm, you know what I mean? And through the ability and the blessings and really like the real look at, look out from a lot of my mentors, you know what I mean? We had the opportunity to get into a farmer's market. And this okay. was a farmer's market that was ran actually by one of my main mentors. Her name is Amy Hicks. She has a, um, for those, you know, those people that are in like the Richmond or Virginia area, that name is synonymous with like some of the best vegetables you've ever tasted. But Amy is, she is a co-owner of a 10 and a half acre USDA certified organic farm. So, and this is somebody that every week we would be going to, you know, shop at the farmer's market to get her produce. And I tell people all the time, and I'll never not say it, Amy has the best greens, the best lettuce that I have ever tasted in my life. And this is coming from a cat who I have experience with food. Like I went to culinary school after high school. You know, I've seen it, I've tasted it, I've prepared it. So I've had the opportunity to travel and just on the front end and the back end, but just see food production and stuff like that and, and, and things of that nature. But to actually taste them greens, I tell her all the time and she just laughs at me because she's like, stop, stop, stop it, Jay. Like, stop. Having the opportunity to really be able to get into the farmer's market and get out on the ground, man. 
transition our product for market every week and things of that nature, but to really have a real stronghold and to really have a mentor that really looks out for you, really is checking in, like things of that nature, man, it was a blessing, man. Like it's such a humble blessing to have that and still have that to this day. Like, you know what I mean? Amy still looks out for me. Amy's still tapping in with me and, you know, just, you know, giving me pointers, just all kind of stuff. So man, right. it was a blessing, bro. So you said you grew up like in the city, right? Urban area, neighborhoods. So how was your transition to farming received by everybody that you know? And maybe even people that oh, you man, don't know. It was absolutely crazy, bro. Like, I, I, I won't even be doing justice to the hilarity of life. Niggas be like, hold up. Promo do what? You talking about promo do? You talking about promo promo, right? Like, that nigga does what? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. for me, like, I, I always joke about it, but, like, those of us that have kind of made that transition or, you know what I'm saying, just kind of kind of got grounded and woke up in the earth working and shit, like, when we tell people about it, especially when it's something that we're pursuing more so on like a full-time basis or like a career type basis. I like, for me, man, it's funny, man, because I feel like the nigga that come back in the neighborhood, like, yeah, dog, you know, I'm rapping now, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, cats, cats look at you and they be like, man, nigga, you, you rapping? Like, you rap you, you used to work at, at NIH, man. You had like a government job, bro. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, well, holy, you used to drive a metro bus. Like, what do you mean? You rap now? Man? Like, what does that mean? Like, but I mean, you know, like I say, man, for me, man, it gives me that like feeling, man. And, you know, it's like I was telling you before, like off the times, man, I have to kind of pull my own self up like, damn, bro, like you really are a farmer, my nigga. Like this is really what the f- you do. Like it's a beautiful, humble blessing, man, because at the end of the day, man, I'm glad that the creator chose me, man, because, you know, I'm definitely somebody that is, is through and through. Like this is me, bro, right. and this is going to be me for the rest of the time. Like I'm going to keep moving this earth. I'm going to keep on growing food and, you know, just keep on doing my my duty diligence man to be able to provide food for our people man i know that that same feeling when people find out that you growing food they look at you funny kind of like what what for real like why i had a boy named we used to call him pretty ricky man and pretty ricky (laughs) one of the first gardens i built in my house yeah that's (laughs) what they called him man pretty ricky i never called him pretty ricky to his face but since i'm on the podcast i could do that right it was just rick back then but uh He would come to the house and laugh at me when I planted the peppers and the tomatoes every day. He would ask me, you got peppers yet? You got tomatoes yet? You know, just, yeah. So I, I know, I know the feeling. I know the feeling of people kind of looking at you crazy when you say this is what you do. Yeah, no, nah, for sure, man. And like I told you, I mean, for me, man, it wasn't, it wasn't a gradual thing. You dig? Like for me, man, like, like I say, you know, watching the YouTube and just kind of really familiarizing myself with urban farming and stuff like that. Like one thing that I've always known about myself being the tourist that I am, man, I'm very, very stubborn. I'm very, very bullheaded. Like, and you know, with me, man, when I get into stuff, like I completely dive into it. You feel me? Like it's not like just like kind of dibbling and dabbling with it. For me to actually really be able to see like a lot of what the neighborhood and growing up in the city taught me, man, like it really taught, especially growing up in Washington, D.C., like, man, it taught me or in the area, man, it really taught me how to, you know, hustle, man, like and work, like, you know what I'm saying, and all of that, you know what I mean? But but to actually be able to transition that into vegetables and things of that nature, man, it was 
like, God damn, I can, you mean, I can do like a lot of the same stuff that, I, you know, my older cousins or things of that nature, like they were out there doing. And I'm like, God damn, I can do the same thing with some lettuce, bro. Like, mm-hmm. this is my type speed. Yeah. I got a buddy, he'll say, man, you can be on Front Street with it, man. You can let everybody know what you're doing. Right, 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 right. I mean, you know, you know, it's just like kind of what we were talking about before we hopped on, man. I'm a source. A lot of the times, man, you know, in the neighborhood, we really do look up to these other figures and things of different nationalities and things of that nature. Right. You know, everybody want to be El Chapo or everybody want to be Griselda Blanco or this one and that one and things of that nature and stuff like that. But for me, man, like to be able to source the product that it is I sell or be in control of that or somewhat in control of that, man, it's a different type of feeling. You know what I mean? Like like how the youngest say, man, it, it hits different. It hit different. <laughs> yeah, man, that's true. That's true. All right, so on your homestead, man, you mentioned that you're working with the no-till method, right? Do you do mm-hmm. any other practices like natural farming and regenerative agricultural farming over there? And before I jump into that, it makes me feel so good that you stumbled up on that word, bro, because <laughs> I do every the time I say that, bro, regenerative. There we yeah. go. Yeah, I got it on the first time. That you might be it. like the first time ever I got that joke, like on the first on the first go around, you know what I mean? But no, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, no-till is just kind of the beginning of the situation, but just understanding, you know, soil biology and things of that nature, like essentially the more that you till or you more that you move the earth, the microbes and the amoebas and everything that's going on under the ground, the worms and, you know, all of that stuff that have kind of set up just different networks and things like that, even down to the to the level of the mycelium, like with the mushrooms and stuff like that. Like there are neural networks that are set up in that soil with that mycelium. So every time you move it, it's adjusting like it. You know, the mycelium has to grow in a different kind of way now Mm -hmm. to set up those neural networks. And the same thing with worms who have traveled maybe five to ten feet from underground. They didn't work their way all the way up to the top of your soil. You know what I mean? And they're working that soil, aerating that shit for you and stuff like that. But every time you move that soil, even down to the level of like plucking a weed, like you are adjusting that that microclimate under the ground. What I've found is that the less that you actually move the earth, the you know, the more beneficial microbes and just soil biology is gonna be in your ground. And in the short and long of that, you'll see better yields. You'll see more healthy plants. You'll see plants that don't require, you know, as much attention as far as when it comes to pests and just different things like that. So Korean natural farming is definitely something that I've implemented into my process over the last couple of years uh, with a lot of the IMOs and things of that nature, yeah. nature the, the, the indigenous microorganisms, even with the Dom uh, farming and things of that nature, just getting a lot of those fermented plant juices and just more so natural type amendments and just things that going on in nature and you just kind of are supercharging them that kind of beef up your, your crop and your soil. Right. It's that type of stuff going on. And, you know, again, like I said, with natural farming, at the end of the day, man, it's just just constantly continuing to, you know, keep building up that soil. And by us being on a a very heavily clay-based soil, it provides us the opportunity to really just have a blank canvas to kind of start 
the type of the real type of soil health and biology that we want here, man. You know what I mean? So I and I realize that it's definitely going to take a couple of years to build up the soil and things of that nature. But I love the process. It's the passion work I do. So I tell people all the time, I haven't had a bad day at work in seven years. Yeah, so. man, it's, it's hard to whenever you can go outside, get your hands in the dirt and, and really be a part of the entire process from start to finish. It's hard to have a bad day. Hey, so I know you're out there in Virginia, man, and we're talking about natural farming and all that. You need to tap in with Marco. Oh, no, for sure, man. That's, a, that's definitely a brother that um, I follow just like been hip to your your Instagram. Um, but uh, Marco, uh, my man LeVan taps in with Marco all the time. And, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to link with the brother when I was down in Richmond, but I definitely look forward to um, definitely fellowshipping with him, man, because a lot of what he shares, man, just kind of being, you know, so well-versed in Korean natural farming and things of that nature, man, it's very, very inspiring, man. And at the end of the day, man, it really, you know, shows a lot of brothers and sisters like me and you and, and the rest of us, man, like, if this shit is possible, man, and it's out there and it's free to get, it ain't like the shit costs money, you know what I mean? You use free. a natural thing to amend your, amend your crops. Yeah, I told, told Marco. Um, so Marco was not my first introduction to natural farming, but he kind of reminded me that I had seen natural farming. I have a buddy uh, right, that lives right. in Northern California, and, and I remember it was probably 10 years or so ago. I would be up at his farm and he would be outside collecting the IMOs or he's making his own fish acid and I don't know. He's making all sorts of amendments. So when I saw Marco on IG, it just reminded me of that. But I've definitely gotten a lot more into the natural farming because of Marco, because he's just a wealth of information and he just gives it away. Yeah, no, like a motherfucker, bro. Like, you know, just like you saying, like not knowing brothers and sisters, you know, in real life, you know, all social media and shit, but a lot of like how Marcos is like how he does a lot of real intense investigating and research and things of that nature, man. That's that's how my brother LeVan Anderson is, man. So for me, man, I kind of got like a cheat code, man, because I got I got this. DC Marcos with my man LeVan and shit. So. Hey, shout out LeVan. He's the reason, he's the link that connected us together. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, man. He's good, the good brother there, man, LeVan, man. He, he the one that, you know, when you put it out there, like asking, like, who, you know, who should be on the podcast or who I should I, should I interview for the podcast when you were thinking about starting it, man. And, you know, LeVan shouted me out and stuff. And, you know, like I said, man, me and you been, you know, we've been tapping in ever since, brother. So I definitely do appreciate that. Yeah, man. I know. Uh, look, I have all the respect in the world for him. I've never met him in real life, but just through his social media presence, I have all the respect in the world. So once he said your name, it's like, all right, you know, that's the co-sign yeah, I need respect, right there. Respect, respect. Yeah, man. So I want to say I respect that you out there gardening in the SBs. OK, because I do the same thing or similar <laughs> things, man. I go, I go outside of what people would say. Those are not farming or gardening shoes and just get it in. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, like, you know, and it's funny, man, because, you know, the more and more you fellowship with brothers and sisters, the more you actually find out that a lot of us are very similar. You know what I mean? So for you being, you know, definitely a brother from the culture, a real one, you know what I'm saying? Not like just with the Internet and things of that nature, man, like. Sneakers and streetwear kind of, you know, it's just something that's just always kind of been a part of me. Like, you know, just being from from the area, you know what I mean? Like sneakers and shit was just always about being fresh for us. Like we just always wanted to be fresh. You right. know what I mean? Like I said, you know, it was a million street millionaires, you know what I mean? Without diving too deep into that. Biggie shouted us out. DC prefer Versace, right? Yeah. But 
for me growing up in a place, man, where like a lot of material and designer things and things of that nature were always pushed to the forefront. We call the spade a spade. But at the end of the day, man, Washington, D.C. was a lot of street hustling, drug dealing. Growing up with that or just growing up seeing that or, you know, seeing cash from the neighborhood and just different things like that, you know, you always see that. And it's just like, damn, man, he got this. He got the twin turbo, the 89 twin turbo with the Sergio Tikini sweatsuit on and the Van Grack's on and, you know, just wild shit like that growing up, man. I'm seeing that and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So that's something that's always been a part of me. But at the end of the day, as I've been able to grow up and get older and things of that and understand the ills about that, I kind of transition that into what it is we do. Like, you know, I still dress the way that I've always dressed and things of that nature and nothing has changed. Like, you know, I'm not Carhartt from the top to the bottom. I mean, but please believe when I need it, I'm getting out there and I'm using it and I'm wearing it. But man, for the most part, man, like I'm farming in Nike. I'm farming in tech fleece. Like that shit is cozy. Like that shit is comfortable. I know the feeling because I know that there were times that I would put something on IG and I might be outside in some, I don't know, some cool gray 11s or something or some space jams and people right, 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 DM right. me talking about, man, you're not supposed to wear those sneakers out into the garden. And, and to me, I'm nah, that's what you're supposed to do. This is what they're for. Yeah, I'm going to no, wear that's them. Definitely, that's definitely what you're supposed to do. And, and I'm not going to do this. Is the last time I'm, I'm going to leave it alone after this. Like the young people say, it just hits different. For me, like the shit that you materialistically tripping about and things like that. And, you know, oftentimes like I'll post and, you know, I'm just, I'm wearing different, you know what I'm saying? Just in the farm, like. They was like, damn, bro, that's a brand new pair of motherfucking Air Max, bro. Like, why are you in fucking compost with that? I mean, hey, man, that's what they make Jason Mark for. That's what they make crap for, man. And if, if that shit can't get it clean, man, then that's cool. I got a real cool to- story to tell. And, like, yeah, that shit's a stain because I was in some compost with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I ain't tripping. I ain't tripping, man. They're just shoes, man. I'm not a part of the, the sneakerhead culture where they feel like they have to keep every pair icy, keep them tucked away in a oh, box, no, no, man. No. I- I wear them till they're beat up. That's facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, and even for me, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm, uh, I'm 40 years old. You know what I mean? I graduated in 2009. I mean, excuse me. In, I said 2009. <laughs> I graduated in 1998. For me, man, when I was in high school, that was a golden era for hip hop. That was a golden era for sneakers. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like for me, man, like I still got shit that I've rocked that I'm rocking from high school. Like not retro shit. Niggas like, damn, fool. Like, what is it? Like, hey, man. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's, and it's not a, you know, playing it big or having it up or no shit. Like, I just, like I said, I like nice things and I rock what's comfortable and what's cool for me. Like, I could be going out and about when, you know, or could be going out and about, obviously, before we had, you know, the pandemic type shit going on and stuff like that. But, you know, for the most part, man, I can I can rock that shit in, out in the streets and be fresh. Or I can just sit here and for, for eight hours and trash through motherfucking mushroom compost with horse shit and cow shit and whatever. Like, it, mm-hmm. it makes me no different. I value that shit different. Nah, I'm the same way. I'm the same way, man. What's up, world? I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, then you should head over to YouTube and subscribe to the Big City Gardener YouTube channel. I'm going to have videos to go along with a lot of these podcasts. And besides that, over there, I give you a bunch of information to help you just grow it and even to help you just grow it better. All right, let's get back to the show. 
They're just sneakers, man. Hey, so do you know any other black homesteaders for the most part? Because whenever I see homesteading or you hear the topic, you don't really see black people doing that or you don't hear about black people doing that. Me personally, there are two people that I know. There are two people that I know. One is off, you know, Instagram and things of that nature, but I actually had the opportunity go to the Bugs Conference. I don't know if it's something that you're familiar with, but it's the Black Urban Growers Conference that they have. One year was in Durham, North Carolina. The one that I actually had the opportunity to go to was in New York. But it is a national organization, you know what I mean? And there were some um, brothers and sisters from Seattle, from out Washington that came when I was in New York. And that shit was, see, with Corona, man, that shit is like, <laughs> it throws off everything. Like, it's hard to remember, like, hold up, was that last year or right. was like that? Two years now, you know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, no, it was definitely two years ago. So, I mean, for sure, like I said, I know it's a national uh, conference, you know, and a lot of big names were there, like Leah Penniman from Soul Fire, just the who's who of, of farming and urban and rural homesteading and things of that nature. I had the opportunity to meet a sister from Philly. Can't remember exactly what state she's in. Forgive me because I don't have my phone right in front of me. But she actually does homestead. And this is a sister that's from the neighborhood in Philly. You feel me? Like her, her Jonas Solomon's Garden on the, on, the, on Instagram. I'm not 100% sure of her page, but it's a new one. She's homesteading. I know there's another sister, Off Grid Homestead. And then she does it. Off Grid Sis, I think that's what her Instagram is. But personally, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, outside of my homegirl sister from Philly, I don't know black people that do this. You know what I mean? I'm going to have to reach out to them to see if I can get them on the show. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? I can, like I said, I can definitely do my due diligence to get you together. You know what I mean? Because both, you know, like I said, you know, both seem to be very, very good sisters. She's good people. I know her. We fellowship. We hung out. You know what I'm saying? When we were at Buzz, she had the opportunity to, to uh, go down south, man, and, and really make good for herself. You know what I mean? And she's doing her thing. That's good, man. Shout out to them. All right. So when you first started the homestead, what was your initial vision, right? I'm sure, or at least how my mind works is when I show up on some land that I feel like I'm going to do something, I kind of close my eyes and try to envision what what it could be. So mm -hmm. when you got there and you close your eyes, what did you see? To be honest with you, man, like I had the, the ability and the blessing, man, to be able to, um, you know, find a partner, man, who, you know, has this in her spirit. You feel me? Like the way we set up the homestead is I was like, look, boo, just go out there and walk and let the ancestors talk to you, man, and tell you where this motherfucker joint is going to be. And initially it was going to be, you know, smaller, like a 20 by 20 size plot. I don't know, like something after she walked that 20 by 20 and it just seemed very, very small. Oh, because again, like I told you, you know, on the front part of our property, we have three acres, you know what I mean? So with that small amount of paddock that she walked off, I was like, you know, something is just speaking to me saying go bigger, you know what I mean? So I said, let's let's try it again. And um, it was real, real crazy, man, because, uh, you know, like I said, man, she walked out an exact measurement. Like on the lengths and the widths, they were both exactly the same down to the number, like been measured out. So just very enigmatic and like, you know, just the symbolism of like the ancestors are with us. You took the steps out there. So this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it. So I, I think... A lot of people, when they think about farming or homesteading, they think it's, and I think they might think it's easy or they may not know what it really takes. Would you kind of talk about what it really takes to get started with homesteading? Like what you're going through, what your experience is? From what, from what I've experienced so far getting into it, it takes the same type of drive and the same type of, you know, real faith-based 
process, real faith-based, like, just in spirit, man, just living in spirit, man, because at the end of the day, man, like, I mean, you know, you, you're a brother of the cloth, so you know what it's like. I mean, I know for you guys, you guys are in season all the time. Y'all are, you know, y'all are full-year farming, you know what I mean? But, you know, those of us that are on the East Coast or up north and things like that, like, we kick into this process, and then by, like, July the 15th, you just looking in the mirror like, what the f*** am I doing, bro? Like, why the f*** am I doing this, bro? Like, yeah. my fingers are still orange from three days ago, squashing probably 3,000 Harlequin beetles, you know what I mean? You know, like, my hands are just beat, my back hurt, you know what I mean? Like, the body is just beat down and broken down, and then, you know, you're blessed enough to get to August, and you say, all right, well, you know, got, we got one more month, you know what I mean? And then it kind of starts to cool down, man. But for me, man, like I told you, man, like, I've done a lot of different things, work retail, this management, things of that nature, having the ability to, you know, work in the music industry and things like that, man. But I've done a bunch of different things, man, but it took me this long and this late in my life to really find my passion and really find my calling and my purpose. For me, man, a lot of the times, man, like, when the old school can't keep me going, when the go-go music can't keep me going, man, so oftentimes, man, I just I just talk to the ancestors. I say, please, can y'all just get me through this day, man? Can y'all just give me the strength that I need to make it through sundown, man? And then we're going to get right back out there and do it again, man. So, you know, at the end of the day, man, I, you know, just spirit-led, man. And I put in the type of work and give of myself the way that I do, man, to be able to provide for our people. A lot of people, they'll talk to me or have different conversations with me and things of that nature. You know, oftentimes I always hit on the fact about money, like money is a tool, you know what I mean? I've had a lot of it, I've had, I've had a little of it, I've had none of it, but I've always just remained myself through that process and actually getting into the agricultural space and with that same type of energy, man, and carrying it that way, man, it's, I said, man, I'm just going to go back to faith-based process of just what's in my spirit with this like the creator has a different type of favor for his stewards so i guess we could say the spirit the spirit my and, and these youngins i got to take care of keep me going yeah i know the feeling of having youngins to take care of man i have two myself indeed indeed what are the ages uh my little boy just turned six my little girl will be five in like a month basically oh nice 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 boy and a girl same as me man yeah my daughter is uh 13 and my son is nine. Okay. I'm hoping that with all of this farming, gardening that I'm trying to do, that I'm exposing them to, I hope this, you know, kind of just imprints an image into their mind so that they'll oh, understand definitely. and respect food. They'll understand and respect what it takes to grow food. And really, they'll understand and respect the earth because I think that's one thing that a lot of people need, uh, they need to check themselves on because they do not respect the earth enough in my opinion oh my god man for real bro and it's you know what i've learned in doing it for the period of time that i've done it my kids have always always been like types that will try different foods and things of that nature just because you know like i said i've always cooked so you know i may put something that looks crazy or that they've never had or different things like that but you know they know dad can kind of do his thing in the kitchen and shit like that so they'll try it so i was blessed enough to have kids that weren't necessarily super super picky eaters more so my daughter my daughter uh nadia she's a little bit more picky than jordan jordan if jordan already knows if daddy put it in front of it that shit is about to be like that and i'm about to be honest nadia it took her a little bit more time you know what i mean especially like with with a lot of like raw vegetables salads things of that nature you know what i mean but 
you know, the more and more time that they've had the opportunity to just be around that and to be exposed, the same thing, just like you're saying, like this work that we're doing, man, it's legacy work. Like, you know, we want them to come behind us and take on the different things and things of that nature, man. But just what I've learned is, man, you don't press them out, man. It's just similar to like what you're saying, man. You just really have to allow them to uh, gain that respect for, you know, for the creator, for Mother Nature and just the earth, man. Like it's the work that needs to be done to be able to save this, man. No, I understand. And like you, I have one that's that's a somewhat of a picky eater. My little boy, he's kind of picky, but my little girl, anything I put on her plate, she's rocking with it. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, I love it, man. So what do you see as the future for your homestead? How big are you going to go with it? How big of a garden do you want to have? Are you going to get bees and animals out there? What's the plan five years down the road? Oh, no, yeah, for sure, man. Like I said, man, just taking it season by season, man, but just always having scaling, you know, scaling up in the forefront of my mind, you know what I mean? Like, because this is our first season here, I definitely want to, um, you know, dedicate that completely to veg. Bees are definitely on the on the forecast for, you know, upcoming seasons, the same for animals, you know what I mean? Like, we'll probably start off for sure with, like I said, with like bees and chickens and things like that and start implementing the chickens into my process, you know, getting some permaculture experience and things like that. You know, to be honest with you, man, like, again, like, you know, like I was saying before, man, like, I realized that I'm just a vessel, man, doing the creator's work, man. So whatever Mother Nature and the universe and the creator, man, have for me in my in my future or in our future, man, it's just really all about expansion, scaling up. At the end of the day, you know, provide more food for our people, man, and just be an inspiration for the young brothers and sisters that came up same way that I came up, man, to be able to see them, man, and just say like, damn, man, I really can do this. We really can be who we are, man, and represent who, the, you know, represent this shit, man, and get back to the earth and get back to earth working. Right. Because we're better at it. We're the best at it. I understand. So I want to tell you, man, I appreciate you for having that mission, trying to basically pass it on to the next generation and people coming up, because I feel like that's one thing I am trying to do with Big City Gardener just in general is just to make sure that people don't think gardening or farming is for squares. Because I know when I was yeah. coming up, the only pictures you saw of farmers, they had the straw hat, they had the, the red and black plaid shirt on, the overalls, and it's like, it's deeper than that, man. That's not what it is. So I'm just right. out here well, trying to make this cool again, man. Yeah, you definitely are, brother. And like I said, man, we cut from the same cloth, man. You know, like I come from an area, man, when you got cats that's doing that, I mean, we call them country-ass bamboos. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, But for me, man, hey, man, I, I love it. I embrace it. Like, oftentimes, a lot of people don't really understand, or like you were asking me before, about a lot of the sacrifice that goes into this and stuff like that. Like, they fall in love with the fantasy of being able to live off-grid and not have to go to the grocery store or just different things like that. And to be honest, for the most part, like, people don't even understand, like, or even have that much of a concept of the food system in general, like, to even, you know, understand that. They just look at, like, well, I'm living away from people and can't nobody bother me and can't nobody for me and things like that. They don't really understand, like, the aspect of, like, what it takes to do that. If you ain't trying to leave, you're going to have to survive some way, shape, or form, you know what I mean? And if you ain't getting your hands in the ground, like, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's people who just 
just eat meat, things of that nature. You can go out and go hunt and survive off of, you know, a deer or, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, man, like, it's just about the self-sustainability, man, and then being able to have this piece of land that we've been blessed enough to be able to steward and things like that, man, and really be able to grow and gain from that, you know, growing in abundance, but at the same time, putting abundance back into the earth. And I feel like when you talk about putting things back into the earth, especially with the natural farming and the regenerative farming, I got it on the first take right there. There you go. God is good, man. I had to look at the word and say it in my head before I said it. Nah, but I feel like those farming practices, those gardening practices, right, the principles there, you are giving back to the earth, and then the earth rewards you for giving back to her. Indeed, man. We have a lot of people nowadays. It's very, very interesting to me, to be honest with you, bro, like like so many of us are like getting into like the financial markets and things of that nature or different cryptocurrencies and things like that. Like back in the day, like well, actually it was like in 2008, man, I actually had the opportunity to get introduced to the foreign exchange. I was trading currency back then, you know what I mean? And it's something that I just kind of got into with a homie of mine, you know what I mean? And it was something that I learned how to do and stuff like that. But, you know, just because of recession and just different things in life and stuff, I didn't keep pursuing it. But now to see that a decade plus later, like it's really like a real deal thing that so many people pursue into and things of that nature or just technology and different stuff like that. Like I would be lying to you if I told you that I didn't love technology, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like we have to um, unplug ourselves sometimes. And like I found the benefit in what unplugging does for me. Like, you know what I mean? Just set your phone down and just go outside and just be in nature to go for a circle and then to ask processes the earth and going, you know, earth working and things like that, man. Like it's a whole different type of grounding, man. It's a whole different type of settling. We got cats now that are so in the trick bag, so into like the market and just different things of that nature and just technology and going to space and different things like that. Salute and shout out to everybody that makes it to space. I don't want to go to space because I can't trust these. I can't trust these people. I can't trust the bourgeois when I'm here on Earth. You feel me? So like, when going to space and shit like that, that shit is cool. And Buck Rogers and all. I mean, hey man, that's that's cool. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got that space, but like for the most part, like the majority of us, we from the neighborhood. Like we're not making it space. You feel me? Right. Like so, those of us that you know really and truly do have a tie to this planet and to the Earth, Earth, man, we have to spend our time and use our time wisely in trying to fix this joint for, for however long it's going to be here for ourselves and generations and in the future. You feel me? So, yeah, man. you know, for me, that's kind of just where I'm at with it, man. Just staying grounded here on the rock, like they call it, right? Yeah, man. I think that's very true. That's very true. Do you have any plans of trying to start a little CSA box or do you have any experience running a CSA box? Oh, no. Yeah, for sure. Like when I, I had the opportunity to run a CSA when I was down in Richmond and then uh, coming back home. And what I tell people is last year, I, I didn't even go to market at all last year. Like I literally just it literally spoke to me in my spirit and told me everything I grow, just give it away. So I did that. You know what I mean? So, you know, a lot of what has kind of transpired with the homestead and things of that nature, man, that definitely could be a part of the blessing that had to do with that. You know what I'm saying? But for me, man, like I was just really focused in last year, man, and just trying to grow as much as I can and 
man, and get it out to friends and family and things of that nature, man, and just try to hold people down. Because, like, when the pandemic shit just kind of first started, like, hitting, me and LeVan, we rapping, like, bro, this is what we've been talking about (laughs) all this time. Like, what if, my nigga? Like, we're here now. Like, And it was funny. It was almost like on the Muppets. Remember the Muppets? If you had the, the two old puppets, if the old Joker sitting up in the, uh, like, up in the, like the uh, opera box or something. There you go. Right, yeah. right, right. So like 2020, that was kind of me and Levan. Like we were okay. like, oh shit, bro. Did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see what the fuck is going on? Like with like a lot of the larger chicken plants and started like shutting down and shit like that. And then like even with like what they did with the USDA where they like downgraded grading of meats and things like that. Like we're racing to like hit each other. Like, dog, did you see this? Like, do you, you know what I'm saying? Like it's going on, dog. Like it's really about to pop. Like the food system is about to be a hundred, like all the way fucked up. Like, you know, we were blessed enough. Like I said, man, and we joke about it all the time, but me and that nigga keep 10 lifetimes of seeds on us. So like, it's all good. Like, (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So from the beginning of this shit, you know what I'm saying? Like definitely both remaining safe, being healthy and, you know, being able to really, really, really have an understanding of staying out of the way. I don't, I hear it so much, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's the same thing like for you guys down there in Houston, but yeah, I'm out of the way. It just almost seemed like it's just such a catchphrase now. But like when I hear people say that shit, I'm like, you all right, I hear you and shit, but like how out of the way are you? Like if the grocery store closed down and you ain't going to be able to feed your family, like how out of the way are you? Yeah. Like, you know, you know, and even like to like speak further to that with all of this shit going on and just things going on where Shit is changing and, you know, motherfuckers is really affected by this shit in a kind of way where, like, it really is waking a lot of people up, man. And I definitely do appreciate the fact, like, hitting me to the point where, like, I can't even... I'm getting so many different requests from people like to build gardens or like just consult and different things like that. But just with, you know, the on taking of the homestead that I got going on, bro, like I just don't have the time, man. Like, and I'm sure even for you, like, you know, it's just the same type of thing, like, so many people are waking up to like what the f- going on, like and how far removed we are from the food system and how it takes something that is just so catastrophic, you know what I'm saying, to really affect that. Like you got everybody like, you know, in the neighborhood, everybody, oh yeah, I got my gun, I got my this, I got I got this, I got this, I did all right, that's cool. That's you know, shout out to the thugs, man, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, if you don't got a nigga on your team and know how to grow food, my yeah. nigga, you have to out. Yeah, you know how you saying? gonna so, eat? How you gonna eat? Yeah, facts. Yeah, yeah, you know, you a soldier. You know, you a free soldier, soldier, whatever you doing, man. But you ain't eating three weeks. How the fuck you gonna pull that trigger? You know what I'm saying? How you gonna defend your family? Like if you're not, you're not eating. You don't know how to grow food. Like yeah, you, you. I hear you. Like you said, you out the way. I right, respect, man. But yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pray for you regardless. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like you. I feel like this whole pandemic thing kind of made people take a step back and look at how they get their food and you know the food system like you said but my question is do you think it stays or do you think that people just cared you know with a lot of things man people care when shit happens but as soon as it that shit passed for three months you know six months then they forget all about it so i want to know do you think that this newfound maybe passion that people have this desire to grow food do you think that sticks around once this pandemic is over you want the manifestation or you want me to keep it going i want both of them (laughs) (laughs) well i'll put it to you like this man keep it gangster with you bro like it's just like a lot of other things man like you know idle time you know what i mean is the devil's playground you know what i mean so like 
oftentimes, man, like, we'll get into something and things like that, but it's just like everything else. Like, are you really dedicating yourself to this? Is this becoming a lifestyle or is this just, or is this just a fad? Like, are you rocking sneakers because you really love it or are you rocking sneakers so that you can take a picture and get clout on the internet? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like what we were talking about before, like, you know, our original sub culture is pop culture now do i still keep up with the sneakers that's coming out hell yeah i still keep up with that shit that shit is my that shit is passion of mine like i i keep up with it do i hop on sneakers every thursday friday or saturday to try to log in and take an l hell no bro like you know to keep the gangster with you man like i really do appreciate the fact that so many people are getting into this not just on the food side of things but even just the house plant side of things like that shit is just such a market man like I love the fact that so many people are getting into it, you know what I'm saying, with that idle time. But at the end of the day, just kind of going back to your question initially, man, like I'm manifesting nothing but like continued continued abundance in that area. You feel me? Like the more people that are doing it, the more people that are seeing brothers like you and brothers like Marco, brothers like LeVan, you know what I mean? Like cats like that, you know what I mean? That are just like in the thick of this shit really doing it. You know, I really hope and I pray, man, that like that only continues to keep building. Like this is a pebble that's rolling down the hill and we seeing this where it's not going to come to that valley where it's got to go up another hill. Like, no, nah, we're going to just keep rolling down this hill, man. Or keep rolling up, up, up it either way however you want to you know however you want to slice that shit that's really what i'm manifesting man and i mean that shit man on the universe and on god man like i really do pray man that people continue to keep thriving in this area man and you know seeing brothers like myself and you and you know the cast i name and you know everybody out here doing it man just really taking inspiration from that man because it's a different type of thing man when you self-sustain man and you know you regeneratively growing and you know just implementing things like that natural farming and things of that nature, man, that really are providing for you and your people, man, and you just learning more, man, to be able to fellowship and share that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like you were saying, man, free of charge, man. All this shit should be free, man. Like, you know, one time, not to get too long-winded towards it, man, man, like, I almost was to tears, bro. Like, my son, we went over to mom. We went over to uh, my mom and go see moms and shit. And, like, he's like, yeah, yeah, Nana. Daddy wants to farm so much. He wants to farm so big that food is free. And it is free for everybody. You know what I'm saying? And that shit, like, I had to kind of take a step back and, like, catch myself from getting choked up. Like, God damn, bro. Like, and that kind of goes back to similar, like, what we were talking about or what you were saying as far as, like, you know, just dropping them gems to the kids, man, and really getting them hip, man, and, you know, making them understand, like, that's what it's all about, man. It's, that's why while we're here, man, we have to give of ourselves, man, as much as possible without giving our complete sales. But we really do need to, you know, those of us that, you know, in stable ground or good headspace or good spirit, we, like, we really do have to invest more into people, man, and, and really share this and give more. Yeah, man, I 100% agree. And you had mentioned people getting into the house plants. And at first, I'm not going to lie, at first I was anti house plants, right? <laughs> but oh you too huh yeah i was anti-house oh, plants huh? yeah but there's a woman out here in houston by the name of ivy she was on the podcast she has ivy leaf farms and she has the plant pop-up sales and i've been there and i can't lie man i just i'm in the house plant game i think it's a beautiful thing regardless of how people start 
growing, right? Whatever it takes for you to start growing, whether it's a house plant, succulents, or if you hop into growing your own food, that's cool because I feel like just starting with the house plants or the succulents, you will eventually transition to the next level until you get to wanting to grow your own food. And I think it just starts with that desire. And once they have that Hell desire, yeah. you can't stop people. Yeah, no, most definitely, man. And it's funny that you say the anti-house plan don't like. I've always been one that loves banana leaves because for those of you that don't know, at the end of the season when them shits get bad, you can roll that shit up, baby. <laughs> um, so banana leaves, I've always been a fan of. But over the last probably three years, man, and especially like I said, you know, you know, linking up with my old lady, man, she loves that, bro. Like to the point where it's like, all right, boo, like you got another one, you got another one, you got another one, you know what I'm saying? And it's just the sharper that she's gotten with the house plan shit, like that Joan has definitely gotten me a whole lot sharper too, because you know, like you said, you an outside cat, it's like I'm an outside cat, bro. Like, excuse me, like I definitely had a focus on microgreens, but that shit is boring as fuck. I mean, it's great. I love that shit. The money's good and all that, man, but that shit is boring as a motherfucker, man. So like, that was kind of like the indoor vibes that I had the majority of. Like, I personally okay. didn't ever have an indoor plant. Like, I my indoor experience was through microgreens, where it's like, all right, drop the seed this week, blah, 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 I'm doing my thing, go to market, cash out, and then we good. You know right. what I'm saying? So, but like, with my old lady, man, you know, I want to shout her out, man. Shout out to you, Tony, for instilling this shit in me, man, and like really, you know, getting me hip and getting me sharper, you know what I mean? Because a lot, whereas I spend a lot of my time, the majority of my time, researching our stuff outside, you know what I mean? Just different ways of farming and natural farming or just, you know, all of the shit that we, you know, that we do outside, man. It's a whole nother different type of science inside, man. And and I definitely salute people for that patience, man, because that shit is crazy, bro. So I think I was anti-house plants probably because I live out here in Houston. And like you touched on, we can grow basically outside year round. So to me, it's like right, right. I'm just questioning why do I want to grow something inside when I can just step outside and do something? Right. I know somebody who lives in New York and, and they have a bunch of house plants and I get it because they have blizzards and stuff and they can't go outside for right, right, months right. out the year. But for me, it, it was just different. And even with that, I mean, that's a teaching point in itself, man. Like, there is no such thing as a house plant. There is no such thing as an indoor plant. All plants <laughs> are grown outside. Yeah. It's funny, man, because for you, a lot of the real, real good good homies in L.A. and shit, I'm like, man, y'all motherfuckers don't know how to act good. Y'all got it, man. Like, you know what I mean? Y'all don't get this spring itch like we do here, man, because it's like, God damn, man. Like, I'm nipping at the bit, man. If I wasn't somebody that bit my fingernails my whole life, I wouldn't have no motherfucking fingernails now bro like you know what I'm saying like period so just itching to get outside and shit and I mean just really like I mean literally bro like I look at the fucking weather like three four times a day like why what's gonna be tomorrow what's gonna be the next day and I'm just waiting you know just waiting for my entrance into the spring man so it's been a blessing to be able to you know be here now and you know be in the space that we're in now, you know what I mean? Because we transitioning into the spring now. So, you know, this this definitely will be a new growing environment. I mean, I'm still in uh, seven, I think we're seven B. I'm still in the same 
climate zone as I was with DC. Richmond was a six, so it's not that much of a difference. We're like kind of up in the mountains, you know what I'm saying? So it's a little bit shorter of a um, a growing season, but essentially it's just like maybe a couple of days shorter than what I was used to growing in and around DC. So something else, you know, just something else to get into. When do you think you get outside planting your spring crops? Our final frost day, and I'm going to tell you something, man, about how, how the universe works, man, and how, how good God is, man. Our last, our final frost date is April the 22nd, which is Earth Day. And I'm one of the ones that knows that Earth Day is April the 22nd. <laughs> I'm not one of the ones that thinks it's on the 21st. And the reason why I know that that Earth Day is on the 22nd, because actually April 23rd is my birthday. Stop. So that's my always, dad's birthday. I was just about amen. to say that's how I know Earth Day is because it's the day before my dad's birthday. <laughs> That's fact, man. That shit, I mean, I can dig it, man. Earth Day is every day for me, man. But like, for those Earth Day on the 21st people, man, all right, cool. Respect, man. But it's not. It's the 22nd. Bro. Yeah. So on a frost day here, it's April the 22nd. So I'm going to be pretty selective about what it is I drop. Obviously, you know, just kind of playing around with the frost. You know, those that, you know, have the opportunity to, that are in and around, you know what I mean? We're definitely going to be putting a lot out on the website and, on the Instagram about, you know, we're going to do like a plant day, you know, just like everybody come down, you know what I'm saying? Obviously making sure we, you know, safe and safety is always the number one concern with us here as far as the pandemic and things like that, you know, masks for sure, things like that. But nah, man, just going to really just do like a, a joint, man, and invite, invite people out, man, you know, get on the grill, things like that, cook some food, man, and just, you know, like, yeah, no, nah, we dropping plants this day. April the 22nd, we're definitely going to do like a soft dropping of things. That's the day to find a frog but then you know in a week or two after that man it's gonna be just a drop to do everything man and then we had market and you know csa running and things like that you know we definitely do have some intentions and some plans on having you know different workshops things of that nature that we're going to be doing here on the farm to definitely invite people down and you know different farm to table dinners and things like that with everything that we've been doing and you know kind of been working towards man it's just really providing safe space for people for our people to come down to fellowship to learn this shit to see this shit you know take something home with them like damn we can do this you know i, I try to encourage people all the time and i tell them man like and i'm sure it, it's a similar kind of feeling for you man when brothers and sisters especially sisters is like oh man i got a brown thumb i don't got no green thumb every time i get a plant i kill it that yeah. shit man like to me that's like that's nails on the chalkboard man like yeah. You know what I mean? Like, brown thumbs equal green thumbs. You feel me? Like, that's what I tell people all the time. Like, but you know, having the benefit of, of being melanated people, like, you know what I mean? That's everything. Like, we're sun-collecting people. We're people of the earth. We're people from the earth. And the more that we get ourselves into it and really do the research or learn what it is we're doing, we always are better, man. And it's not that it's a competition, but at the same time, man, like we got a lot of ground to catch up on. So yeah, man, we are better at it. You know what I mean? What's up, world? I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, then you should head over to YouTube and subscribe to the Big City Gardener YouTube channel. Gonna have videos to go along with a lot of these podcasts. And besides that, over there, I give you a bunch of information to help you just grow it and even to help you just grow it better. All right, let's get back to the show. Hey, so I have a question. You said 
back when you were in Richmond, you saw the video, I mean, the movie about food deserts. Mm-hmm. So my question is, mm-hmm. do you think that the idea of community gardens or if there were community gardens in the area, do you think that would play a role in kind of helping decrease or get rid of the food desert aspect? Or even better yet, do you think these community gardens can help open up people's eyes to kind of what's going on within the food desert? Man, 100%, bro. Like, the more and more, you know, that I kind of get into this or the more seasons that I have to grow from, I see the difference. I've had the opportunity to work in schools, like work with after-school programs where we're talking about, like, project kids, kids from generational project kids. Moms was in the projects. Grandma was in the projects. Big grandma was in the projects. Deeply entrenched in the projects and in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? But when I had the opportunity to really get in these programs and in these school programs and really talk to these kids and let them see like, nah, bro, like even though, you know, Richmond and DC are like polar opposites of each other. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm a kindred spirit. I'm one and the same with y'all. Like I came up, I didn't come up in the projects, you know what I'm saying? But I had the ability to grow up around people that did, man. You know what I'm saying? And fellowship and friends and cousins and just different things like that, man. Like for me, man, like, I had the opportunity to see that. And I really am a champion for the downtrodden. Like, I am a champion for the indigenous people. I am, you know, a champion for the people that they say you wasn't going to make it. You know what I mean? Or you couldn't do it and things like that. You know what I mean? Because though I may not have necessarily grown up like that, I heard that shit my whole life. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I was just different. Like, you know what I mean? I learned different. I, you know, that kind of thing. Oftentimes, like, it's funny because I, and not to get sidetracked, I had a teacher in the third grade that called my mother to come up to the school. And she actually told my mother, like, on some old school shit, like, yeah, nah, he's not going to, you know, amount to being anything. That's honestly why, that's why we moved from D.C. to Maryland. When that teacher, shout out to her, Miss Roebuck. If you're still alive, shout out to you because I appreciate you. I will never forget you. And like I said, I'm going to keep God about me, so I'm not going to cuss on you. But you know what I'm saying? I appreciate the fact that you told my mother I wasn't going to amount to nothing. I wasn't going to be nothing because that's something that's built me up my whole life. So shout out to you. I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? But I grew up that way. You know what I'm saying? I grew up where, you know, people would say like, oh, no, nah, you're too wild. You're not going to do nothing. You know, you're misbehaving. You're too wild. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. I grew up like that. So for me, man, like, I'm a champion of the downtrodden. I'm a champion of bigging up people that aren't supposed to be where they are. You know what I'm saying? I'm living proof, and I'm the prime example of that shit, man. So for me, man, like, it's just about, man, just really encouraging, man, our people to do this shit. So that leads me to my next question. How do you think we get more people like us interested in gardening and farming and homesteading like what do you think it will take just continuing with the impact those of us that are like-minded and those of us that are in the space man we have to just continue to keep doing what it is we do you know because of certain systematic bullshit and things of that nature that the bourgeois kind of have in place like you know they, they know what it is to just show us shiny things and we get it behind that or they know that you know you show us this a joker that's got all the ladies or you know what have you or you know just all of the like the real ills systematically been put in place to hold us back man we just gotta stop just take ourselves back those of us that are not that entrenched in that shit or those of us that are you know getting to our 40s or you know that type just older brothers and sisters man we really gotta just kind of just detach ourselves from that shit because at the end of the day don't none of that shit matter bro like you know it's very paramount that those of us that have the the light or have this 
spotlight or whatever. Like, we just continue to keep on, man, being stand up, man, and doing what the fuck we do, man, and encourage people, man, because at the end of the day, like, you know, it's not many people that can tell you they've traveled all over the country or, you know, just different places like that with the music industry and had the opportunity to do this and do that and, you know, whatever. And now at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm, I'm a farmer, man. Like, right. you know what I mean? You just speaking to that story, you know what I mean? And just really educating people. Like, you know, at the end of the day, man, you just got to get your hands in the ground. And once you get your hands in the ground, man, if the ancestors wake up, man, and the elders wake up and they guide you and they lead you, man, it's a different type of lifestyle. It's very, very um, freeing to understand. Like, I tell people all the time, like, I've been off the plantation for seven years, man, like, or six years now. Like, I haven't worked a regular job in six years, man, because I've had the opportunity to be able to, you know, fend for myself, provide for myself and my family through farming. So, you know, it's just really and truly, like, you obviously you got to understand every everything's not for everybody. You know what I mean? But those of us that are, you know, in the space and things like that, man, our homies are our homies. Like, yeah. birds of a feather flock together. Like, my nigga, if I can do this shit, you can do this shit. I tell people that shit all the time. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm dumb as a bag of rocks when it comes to you when they talk about the school shit. Like, my nigga, like, I remembered my way through school, bro. Like, I waited till 12th grade till I have, like, one class. And like one class a day, but I had to stay in class. I had to stay in school all day because I bullshitted through school and I didn't really apply myself. But I tell people all the time, like I was on honor roll the whole 12th grade because I had art, English, gym, and then one real class. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, for me, man, like I take pride. Like I tell people all the time, like I always feel like I'm not the sharpest in the room. Like, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to like my homies, my crew, just individuals that I deal with, man. Like, I always keep myself around people that I feel like are sharper than me, man. So they can just, you know, steal sharper steel. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just been to my benefit, man. And like I said, man, I, I go as hard as I do and the way that I do, man, to keep inspiring, man, and just to keep showing people, man, that this shit is real and we can really do this. I have a list of uh, places that I want to go once this pandemic is over with and people that I need to link up with in real life. So I'm putting your name on the list and I'm trying hey, man, to see the homestead. Yes, indeed, man. You definitely got to come through, man. And like I said, man, you make it to D.C., I can show you around town proper too, man. You know, I don't do very much hanging out anymore for the most part, even before the pandemic, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, my job was in the music industry. So my job was, I got paid to be out and about, man. And that shit, right. you know what I mean? That, that shit got old to me quick, so... That's cool, because I, I don't do too much hanging out anyway, man. I'm trying to meet who I need to meet, see who I need to see, and then keep moving. Yes, indeed. And job left, you know what I mean? Yeah. So tell everybody, I know you mentioned you're going to have a planting, plant day on uh, the 22nd. So how can people find you on social media, your website, and all of that? Uh -huh. Well, my personal page is uh, Veggie Promo, V-E-G-G-I-E-P-R-O-M-O. Um, the homestead page is Anne's with an S. It's Anne's Loving Acres on Instagram. So it's at Anne's Loving Acres. And then the website is also the same. So it's Anne's Loving Acres.com. So you can definitely tap in and one of those three, you know, to kind of keep up to, you know, speed as far as everything we got going on, not just, you know, in life, but, you know, on the homestead here, you know what I mean? And just, you know, further things to come and things of that nature. All right. So if anybody, 
you need all the links they will be in the show notes below and that's all i have for you man i appreciate you taking the time out of your day and i appreciate you being a real one and helping make homesteading farming gardening just make it dope man just make it dope much respect i appreciate that bro and like i say man coming from you man it means a lot bro because you definitely are a a stable figure here in the culture man and i appreciate the fact that just like you said man salute to another real one bro i appreciate you for uh current the way you're current and man continue to keep going the way you're going bro and like i said man it, you know i want to see this shit go everywhere and i'm going to see this shit go everywhere bro this is going to be the podcast that everybody you know wants to listen to not just gardening cats or growing cats but just cultural cats like cats that are really tapped in with the culture man and i, and I really do bestow that on you man for, for sure bro i 100 percent respect that and i appreciate that man and that's all i'm trying to do is, is i'm trying to do it for people after me i'm trying to do it for people other than me right like I tell everybody, I'm going to be good. I'm always good. But like, I need more people to understand that. And I keep on coming back to this. I need more people to understand that gardening, farming is dope. I need you to understand how important it is to control your own food system, right? If you didn't learn anything from this whole pandemic, you need to understand that at any point in time, you can be cut off from food. And if you have no food, then what do you have? A house full of bullets, right? That's, That's what they it. say, right? That's <laughs> it. So, like, if I can motivate and inspire a couple more people to start gardening and they can do the same before you know it, 5, 10, 20 years down the road, is an army of us. Indeed, bro. And that's what it's about, man. Just building up that tribe, man. Like they say, man. And, and, you know, I know you touched on it a little bit before, man. But, you know, it's the same thing with me, bro. Like, and to be honest with you, man, I don't even want to hold you, bro. I want to turn around and, man, I want to interview you, bro. Like, you need to figure out somebody to hop on this job to interview you, bro. Your story, man. I'm sure, man, it'll wake a lot of people up. And, you know, I know you, I know obviously the focus of the podcast is you kind of, you know, bigging up other people or highlighting other people, man. But you got to figure out a way, man, to get somebody on here to interview you, bro. So you can tell your story, man. We might have to do that, man. I might have to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, for sure, bro. No doubt, man. Well, once again, I appreciate you, man, for hopping on the show with me. Hey, man, it was my pleasure, bro. Like, you know, continue to keep growing, man, and continue to fellowshipping with you, bro. Before I let you go, I need you to do more than one thing. First, I need you to like, comment, subscribe to the podcast. Second, I need you to tell a friend or two about the show if you enjoyed it. And if you have anybody you think I need to talk to, I should interview, send the name over, put it in the comments, or send me an email, igrow at Big City Gardener. And check me out, man, on Instagram and on all social media platforms, Big City Gardener. We out. Oh, almost forgot. Just grow it.